faith, hope, inspiration, and edification. Welcome to the Edify Podcast with Billy Hallowell, a show that cuts through the cultural noise to explore the biggest headlines and issues of the day. Let's dive into today's show. Well, we are here with another episode of the Edify Podcast. I'm Billy Hollowell, and I am very excited to be here today. Listen, if you are new to Edify, let me just tell you, you need to download the app right now. Head over to edify, E-D-I-F-I dot app, or go to Edify in the App Store on Android or Apple right now. Download the app, and you can listen to thousands. I'm not even kidding you. It is literally thousands of Christian podcasts right now, everything from sports to prophecy to just amazing, amazing shows. This is the official podcast of the network. And again, it's Edify, E-D-I-F-I. Check that out. But if you're new to this show, uh, for those of you who know me, I'm a journalist. I've worked for a long time in media. And really, I'm a storyteller. And that's what my passion is. So this podcast is storytelling, interviews, sitting down with newsmakers, and really just people in the faith space who have an amazing message to share. And so that's what we do on Edify. I also dive into the headlines every week. And so I'm going to talk about a couple of amazing headlines. That's usually how I start the show. Oh, and by the way, it's a Monday. So if this is sort of weird to you that you're thinking, wait, this isn't a Friday. I'm getting the show on a Monday. That is because the Edify podcast has moved to Mondays. And so I'm going to be starting the week with you guys. 5 a.m. early, early, early. This show drops Monday morning. You don't have to listen to it then, of course. You can listen to it whenever you want. Uh, but it is going to be happening on Mondays. So set your calendar, set your alarms, and be ready. Okay, so... Diving into the headlines, there is an amazing story over at ChristianPost.com that really caught my attention. It involves Bible teacher Christine Kane, and she's really hitting on something I think a lot of us have been talking about, and it's sort of the celebrity culture in churches. And she basically says that churches have replaced prayer with smoke machines and attempts to be cool, and that it's not served anyone. And so I want to read a couple of her quotes. You can read the whole story over at the Christian Post. Uh, But she said, let's see here, she says, uh, we've got, okay. We got a bit embarrassed because in our coolness in between our skinny jeans and tattoos, beautiful light section and camera, we thought prayer is not cool. Prayer is embarrassing. A smoke machine will do the job. And what we've discovered is smoke machines haven't saved anyone. Look at the mess the world's in. She went on to say, instead of being in the world, not of it, we became of it and we're no longer in it. And so the challenge is then you've got no power and power comes through intercessory prayer. She said, So I just think that, you know, when you think about that, the power of prayer and this idea that it's so easy to overcomplicate things, to try to be so relevant and cool and hip and in the process to actually lose what it is we're supposed to be doing, which is really spreading the gospel. And you start to replace that, and it could be well-intentioned, those attempts to tell others about God. You think, well, I've got to tweak it, and i got to do it in a really cool way. And before you know it, your focus is on the, the mechanisms and not so much on the message. And that's what she's talking about there. So I'd encourage you to check it out. She's got some other amazing quotes in there about the importance of just focusing on what really matters. And our second story involves the Freedom From Religion Foundation. If you're not familiar with them, they are a atheist activist group. And I've actually covered them a lot over the years when I was working at The Blaze and Faithwire as a journalist. That was really an organization that came up a lot. Now, they tend to make 
complaints when they see what they believe to be violations of the First Amendment, particularly what they call the separation of church and state. And so there's a Kansas school that was participating in Operation Christmas Child. And I have to tell you, before I even get into the story, because I love Operation Christmas Child, this is a really cool event through Samaritan's Purse where kids and families come together and they fill shoeboxes with toys uh, for little kids all over the world. I think they ship them to like 160 countries around the world. And these shoeboxes bring gifts to kids who would otherwise not have them. They are an amazing way to come together. I have to tell you, my eight-year-old today, uh, she said to me, Daddy, I love filling those boxes. Are we going to do it this year? And admittedly, with the pandemic, we we haven't been at our church in person. We've been worshiping virtually, and so we weren't able to get the boxes this year. And I'm trying to figure out how to get the boxes because um, she really wants to do it. So it's a really amazing way to give back. And they include information about who Jesus is and, you know, really the gospel. And that's the sticking point for the Freedom From Religion Foundation when it comes to public schools. And so there's a Kansas public school that um, has decided to actually pull out of participating in Operation Christmas Child over a complaint from the Freedom From Religion Foundation. The Freedom From Religion Foundation basically argued that Samaritan's Purse is a religious organization and that Operation Christmas Child has religious nature to it and therefore it should not be participated in by a public school. You know, and I, I understand the arguments that people make about, you know, not forcing students into something, but Listen, I mean, look at the world around us. We are falling apart. It is in complete chaos. People are desperate. People are searching. And the answer is Jesus Christ. And the the crazy thing is to watch us as a society and a culture strip out the only solution that people have and the only truth that there is there to make it harder for people to find that truth. It would be like taking away an antibiotic. You have people who are very sick and they need that antibiotic to survive. And we just keep moving it further and further away. It's 50 miles away. It's 100 miles away. And it gets harder and harder to get that antidote that our culture needs, that people need, that every individual heart needs. And so this story is just sad to me, but I've covered a lot of these stories over the years. Basically, the event is not going to be participated in in this middle school because it is believed to violate the Constitution. And there you have it. So there's a lot of these stories. That's our second story. You can read more about it over at ChristianPost.com. And finally, the last story, and this is a quick one, but I want to share it because I think where we are right now as a culture is so crazy. I mean, the the hatred, the fighting, the the battle over me against you and you against me, and just there, there's so much chaos and consternation and cancellation, right? People are trying to cancel each other. If I don't like something you've done or you don't like something I've done, I'm not going to just be mad at you. I'm going to make sure you don't work again. I'm going to make sure you don't go out there and have a career again. And there is such a toxicity to what is happening. And yet there are people who are speaking out and they're speaking out boldly and they're offering, I think, some convicting truth. And interestingly, one of those people, Vince Vaughn, he's an actor. You very likely know him. He's in lots of comedies. Uh, He doesn't really appear in a lot of faith-based projects, uh, but but he's a comedian. He's a funny guy. And he said something in a recent interview that was really, 
I thought eye-opening, and he was talking about his own. There was this photo of him and Donald Trump a while back, and it went viral, and people were mad that he shook Donald Trump's hand, and it looked like they were getting along. Oh, my gosh, can you imagine two people getting along? It just became this big thing, and so he was reflecting on that, and he was talking about free speech and how we need to defend the people who disagree with us, their right to believe what they believe. And here's what he said. He said, quote, I was raised with the idea that you could have different likes and beliefs, and you should respect and defend that in other people, not shout it down. The people you disagree with the most, you should stand up for their right to do that. And I thought that last line was so interesting. I'm going to read it again. The people you disagree with the most, you should stand up for their right to do that. And I think that's the benchmark. Right now, we have a lot of people who want to shut the other people up and close their mouths and make sure they're not heard. And that is not what this country is about. And I would challenge everybody that when we hear what other people have to say, it actually helps us refine what we believe. And that's a really important thing. It's hard to respond to somebody on the quote unquote other side if we don't really understand what it is they believe, right? So that's a challenge for all of us. Let's stand up for others' rights to believe what they believe, even if we disagree with what they're saying, doing, or believing. So you can find that story over at Faithwire, and he actually made the comments to the Los Angeles Times in a recent interview. So you can read it over at the LA Times or read it over at faithwire.com as well. And I will be right back after this quick break. When we come back on the show, we are going to be talking to Senator Tim Scott. So stay tuned. We will be right back. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. And we are back with the Edify podcast. I'm Billy Hollowell. And as you heard before the break, I'm going to be sharing an interview I did earlier this year with Senator Tim Scott. If you don't know Senator Scott, he is the senator for South Carolina, uh, one of the senators for South Carolina. And he's really just a fascinating guy. He's got an intriguing background and getting a chance to hear his story, learn about where he came from, how he got where he is right now was an incredible opportunity. And so with no further ado, let's welcome Senator Tim Scott to the show. Hey, Senator Scott, welcome to the show. How you doing today? I'm doing well. I hope you're doing well. I am doing well, and I've got a lot to talk to you about here. Uh, you have a new book out, uh, Opportunity Knocks. We're going to talk about that. But I wanted, I wanted to dive into your story, and that's something I do often on the show is, is tell people's stories, maybe details that you know, people listening don't know. Um, and your life is really a testament of what's possible here in America. Uh, take us through your childhood a little bit. I'm curious to know your roots. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you so much for the opportunity as well. I was raised by a single mom, mired in poverty. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was about seven years old, and that was one of the most important points of reflection in my life. Uh, my mother was a hardworking woman. She worked 16 hours a day, three days a week. She worked eight hours a day, the other two days a week. She wanted to have us not on welfare, but she wanted us to have a model of someone who went to work. She always taught us there was dignity in all work. She wanted us to be successful. And I was a hard-headed kid. I'm not sure if you <laughs> met those kinds of kids in your lifetime, but I was one of them. I was kind of like that, too, mom, so I get it. Were you? You, <laughs> yeah. understand? Oh, yeah. Well, 
my hard-headed nature led me to nearly flunking out of high school as a freshman. And my mother would come home at 1130 at night, and she would just simply tell me that, baby, your life can be better than you are performing. She would always say, uh, she heard it from somewhere, if you shoot for the moon, even if you miss, you'll be among the stars. And at the end of my freshman year, when I had missed four classes and flunked out, she said, let me take you outside. And she she showed me. I said, no, mama, I get it. I, I said it was some sarcasm in my voice. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I shoot for the moon, she's like, no, no, sweetheart, you missed that lesson. So she took me over to a tree and said, pick a branch. And she introduced me to this thing called a switch. Now, for those of you not familiar with a switch, a switch is a southern apparatus of encouragement. It is typically applied to your belt, to your ankle. My mama thoroughly encouraged me, and uh, she only switched me twice in my lifetime. But that was an important point of reflection as well. So I will say, without any question, my childhood was filled with love, but not resources. Filled with optimism that became the hope, and that hope was born through a praying mother. And then a little later, my sophomore year, I met a Chick-fil-A operator who was a great person who became my mentor and taught me that you can think your way out of poverty, not to suggest that those in poverty aren't thinking, but to suggest that Tim Scott, the guy he was talking to, who had nearly flunked out of school, was not necessarily using my cranial cavity or more than football. And so he literally challenged me to set higher goals, to dream bigger dreams. And the combination between my mom and my mentor, my life started to change and the trajectory went in a new and amazing direction. And I, and I love that. And I think there's so many people who can relate to that story. You know, right now, obviously, I'm into people's stories. I love to talk to people about where they've come and how they've gotten to where they are. And one of the things, though, in, in the debate right now, it's this debate over hard work and dedication versus some, and these are the the extreme ends, right, on both, you know, hard work, dedication only. Others say the system's totally rigged, and no matter what you do, you're going to fail. Um, your experience and what you're talking about here, how do you respond to those, yeah. particularly those who say the system's rigged and and that's it? Well, it's rigged for those who work hard. It's rigged for those who get educated. It's rigged for those who have uh, some strong desire to make a difference. Yeah, it's rigged, but it's all rigged in the right direction. It's not rigged based on the color of your skin. It's not rigged based on some family heritage. I, I, I like to say that uh, my life story is really driven by my grandfather, who was born in 1922. And in his lifetime, he went from cotton picking cotton to seeing his grandson elected to Congress. So from cotton to Congress in one lifetime. This nation, the greatest nation on earth, it is strongly positioned so that anyone from anywhere at any time can succeed beyond their wildest imagination if they hold on to the concept that there's more to come. And they lean into it. And they work hard. They study hard. Good things happen. And I've seen it happen throughout our history. I've seen it happen for African-Americans. I've seen it happen for Hispanics, for whites, for Asians. This country doesn't have a quota of good things for certain people. We continue to grow the pie so that everyone is exposed to the opportunities. But, but what we do have 
is Zig Ziglar, an old motivational speaker, said this a long time ago. Thinking, thinking, it can corrupt the best intentions. It can slow down the strongest train faster than anything else. And I have learned from personal tragedy and experience that, in fact, attitude does dictate altitude. And that's just the truth. Yeah, I mean, there's there's that other quote, you know, life is is 10% what happens to you, 90% how you react to it. That's an old Chuck Swindoll yes. quote. And I think it's so true. And it's convicting to me a lot of times when I think when I get frustrated about things or you get in your own head, right? And then you start to think through, okay, yep. but my reaction to this is what matters. And that actually brings me in your story to a point that I want you to speak to a little bit, but you had a dream. You mentioned football before. You had athletic dreams, and then something happened, an accident happened that changed everything. Tell us about that. I had taken my mother to work one sunny morning in August of 1982. She had just uh, got her first brand-new car from Budget Rental Car, so it wasn't quite brand-new, but it was as close as we could afford And uh, on the way home from dropping her off, I got sleepy and fell asleep driving about 70 miles an hour down the interstate. I was going eastbound, and I flipped through so many lanes of traffic that I ended up in a ditch going westbound, having gone through the windshield, broken my ankle, shards of glass in my back and beyond, and literally the, the start of my senior football season, gone. Seven weeks of my football season torched. Scholarships blown away. I ended up with a very small scholarship to a very small school. But at that school, God's grace is so good. I, I ended up attending an FCA meeting in my sep- this September of my freshman year and accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and my Savior. And I will tell you that all of the challenges and tragedies that led me to that place I could see it differently, mm. that the hard times actually were purposeful. He didn't, he didn't waste a single experience. He didn't waste a single hard time. And yes, it took time to get there, but every single piece of that mess has become a part of my message. And through the grace of God, my message has been to be a mess. My goal has been to be a messenger of hope. And in the midst of a pandemic, I am more hopeful today that what we're going to see on the other side of this pandemic is going to be amazing, remarkable, because I've seen it happen in so many years of my life. I, I actually had chills a little bit as you were describing that because I was thinking, you know, you had this accident and, and the pain, the emotion, not just the physical, the emotional pain of that. Oh, I can't imagine. Okay. And then you you share how you end up you end up somewhere that leads you to Christ, right? You end up and had that accident, you know, not taking you on that trajectory, that may not have happened or it may have happened a different way. Um I I just had chills kind of thinking about that. It may not have happened to be honest with you. Here's here's what the problem with myself was. <laughs> In high school, I was a student government president, football star, and my head was so big, I had to turn sideways to walk through two doors life was all about me and that's not a good thing right and james 4 10 really speaks to uh, the humble being exalted and the exalted being humbled and i think the lord doesn't cause bad things to happen but i think he uses those bad things that happen and he was able to use that situation to deflate my ego and for me to realize that life was not about me it was about him i've never been happier 
I never, I've never been more fulfilled. I've never had this sense of purpose and destiny. It's like Jeremiah 29, 11, in the midst of the Exodus, they were exiled. He says, I have a plan for you. Mm. Plans to prosper you and not harm you, to give you a future and a hope. That's exactly where we feel like we are today. It's exactly where I felt like I was after my car accident. Every single time he brings us through better on the other side. So that brings us to where we are now. Obviously, you are a senator. You've had an incredibly successful career. You continue to have one. And you have a book, Opportunity Knocks. Why did you write this book? I really wrote this book because I felt like writing Opportunity Knocks would give me a chance to share with the the world and this nation how often in this nation, how often in this nation, we get stuck in the bad spot. This book is about moving through that bad place. This book is about finding hope on the other side of challenges and tragedy. This book is about failing and then not quitting and then things getting better. My book simply stated is all about this journey to faith and to significance, one that can be had by anyone from anywhere at any time who have won the lottery, the lottery of American citizenship, and then the greatest hope of all, the hope of Jesus, chapter six. Mm. I love that. Well, I could talk to you about this for for hours. I mean, this is this is incredible. I really appreciate you taking the time today and and talking with us and sharing your story. I look forward to coming back if you'll have me. Absolutely, would love to. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. Great day. Bye bye. That was Senator Tim Scott, and really, again, a fascinating interview, getting a chance to dive into his life story. And I want to encourage you guys to head over to Edify. If you want more podcast content, it's E-D-I-F-I in either App Store on Android or Apple. And you can also listen online at edify.app, E-D-I-F-I.app. We've got a couple of shows I want to call out. We've got Politely Rude with Abby Johnson. We also have one of my favorite shows. It's really, really quite amazing. It's called Doubting It with Charlotte Pence Bond. Both of those shows are incredible. Abby gets into politics and life and parenting and faith. And Charlotte really gets into doubt, this issue of doubt. And she's got some great guests. They both do coming on their show. So check those shows out. Those are exclusive shows on Edify. It's E-D-I-F-I dot app. And I can't wait to see you guys next week, next Monday, which I'm excited that we're on Mondays now here on Edify. Stay tuned and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Edify podcast. For more transformational and faith-inspiring podcasts, head over to edify.app, where you can stream thousands of Christian shows right now. And for convenience on the go, download the Edify podcast app today from the Apple and Google Play stores and at edify.app.